0: You are listening to the, which podcast is this again, Rebecca?
1: The St. Louis Red Army.
0: The St. Louis Red Army Podcast.
2: Oh, 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 it's criminal by the revivalist, man. P.K. chose that part. Uh, P.K., that's a solid jam to start the show. It's a great band. They're out in New Orleans. I stumbled
0: onto them like 10 years ago at the Broadway Oyster Bar. There was like 15 Mm. people there checking this band out. And like four of them were from my high school. And they're like, dude, you need to check this jam band out. They're coming out of New Orleans. They're going to be a big deal. Um, And I saw them about three years ago at a sold-out pageant, and they're
2: doing big things. And uh, definitely check out the Revivalist. They got a ton of albums. Their live show is amazing. Very cool, guys. By the way, tonight's podcast, we have a sponsor this week, guys. Yeah. Uh, Moto Mortgage, where service king, and that ain't no mofo. So, yeah, uh, yeah Moto <laughs> Mortgage. All right, so, then, uh, so that's. I know that's a guy there. Our, <laughs> I, I know a guy there. I do. Thank you very much. So, <laughs> all right, guys. So let's go ahead, and we're gonna jump into it. Oh man! Oh, here we had this euphoria. Oh, all the cool stuff we're gonna talk about with Ronaldo, 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 and then we go to. I'm not making this up. Wank. Dorf Stadium. To <laughs> burn. Home Perfect. of the Wankers. All right. Young boys. All right. On the turf. To the fourth place team in the Swiss Super League. All right. All right. Oh, Rhett. oh, Rhett. oh Swiss
1: champions. They won it by 30 points last year. We didn't stand a chance Yeah, but they're fourth the table guys.
2: this year, though.
1: Didn't all stand right? a chance.
2: Slow starters. Oh, man. So, anyway. So, uh, and let's just say, didn't quite go as planned. So, uh, uh, Brian, starting with you, uh, is it too much to say I've been hearing talk that Aaron Wambasaka really isn't the guy that should be in the United squad. I've always thought that was harsh. It is Uh, harsh. Okay. Uh, Today, though, sure didn't step up to the challenge.
1: No, and Again, it very, very harsh. He's one-on-one. He's one of the best defenders mm-hmm. easily in the league, if not the world. And Was that a harsh red card? I, I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I think everybody kind of lost their heads, but man, that stadium was rocking probably the hottest ticket since Roger Federer played in a little ATP 250 in his home country, the sport of tennis, if y'all didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, was that place going, but I don't think he's good enough at the moment right now. And I know we've always talked about are we ever going to see a Ronaldo Cavani pairing up there? He's not good enough to support that. We Mm -hmm. did get to see a little bit of DeLoe today. Um, Really not too much of a sampling, but he looked disciplined fantastic to me.
2: Uh, PK, a lot of talk about Jesse Lingard being sold to West Ham United. Uh, We also talked about uh, boy, the, the goal against Newcastle was a real peach. Beauty. Maybe my one of my favorite goals of the season. Beauty. But uh, boy, PK, man, you don't. It doesn't get to be a bigger mistake on one of the world's biggest stages in Champions League.
0: You and I, and I think there's bigger mistakes, and you know I'll, I'll be critical of, of Ole's substitutions, and, and not Jesse, but you're at the ninety. Four plus mark of 95, and you're trying to go back to your keeper. That ball needs to go 60 yards over the touchline. That ball needs to go 60 yards up the field. That ball needs to go anywhere besides your center back or goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. You're you're 94 minutes and 30 seconds. Like you need to kill about 45 seconds left of that game. And you go back to your goalie like that. And, and and it could be where he thought a center back was in a position to receive it, but either way, that ball that ball goes a long way. Not in that situation. Not in Ryan actually okay. shot it.
2: Yeah, Ryan. You know, and listen, horrible mistake, uh, Jesse. He's going to have to stand up and, and take you know take the heat for that. But the things that we're seeing on social media right now, totally out of line. And it seems like nobody's ever making
1: excuses for a thing like that, but it's. It seems every single match, whether it the Euros, which was disgusting with the three young guys. And then again tonight, if anybody is calmed down, thinking about the match, looking at it, digesting it. This wasn't on Jesse. Was that a terrible mistake? I mean, it was, but we go into halftime. No changes. Ole looks on like he's got no clue what to do for the first 20 minutes in the second half. Well, Decides, we had a change.
0: We had a change. We we took off Sancho. Oh, I'm sorry. We didn't the 37th. Yeah, did so we we, we had we a change. Didn't, before we did half. take off
1: that. Sorry about
0: that. But we went to I think, a
1: 5-3-1 in the second half. Yeah, against Young Boys. I don't care if you're down a man. This is against Young Boys. You should be down I'm talking about you should be ten men automatically. 100%. We're not talking about the Champions of Italy, Spain, France, Germany. We're talking about young boys. And as I I mentioned this before we came on, as far as European nights go, the miracle of Paris, it's been a long time ago. Mm -hmm. The man Mm -hmm. simply looks out of his depth when things aren't going his way. It's been an absolute recurring theme, and I, I don't see an end to it, quite frankly.
2: So PK, you know, and I'm a big, I'm a big uh, Ola supporter. I, you know, and of course I, we, we like the positive vibes and all the good things that he's done. Uh, but always the critique of Ole is two things, man management, which means substitutions as well. And tactics. Once he has to get away from his favored four, two, three, one, is that a legitimate criticism? And are, is he going to keep us from raising it to the next level? Well, and if you're going to make those critiques, you can say the same thing of Pep in the Champions League
0: final. He didn't play his best eleven in the Champions League final. And I don't, I don't yeah. know what it is where where team where managers try to overcoach in the Champions League. If it's working good in your domestic league, why shuffle the deck in the Champions League? And I'm just looking at these subs. I, I, you know, Dello for for Sancho in the 37th. Okay, you got a right card just a second ago. You want to replace that wing back? I get that. You have ten minutes left in the half that you can play Lindelof, Shaw, and, and McGuire is a three-back system against young boys who you should be pressing against. And it it, it reminds me that there was a poker game years ago I lost where I was bluffing and I checked the guy and I had way more chips than him and I should have went all in. And mm-hmm. the fact that I checked him knew he, I had nothing and he kept going and I couldn't win the next hand and I and I finished second place in this in this poker tournament. You know what if he sits there with three backs and finishes the half that way young boys know that they're gonna keep going at him but the fact you bring off an attacking winger for a wing back because you just lost a wing back that says to the young boys it says we're we're down one nothing but that's that's all they're, that's all they're cashing in on they're gonna take that one goal and maybe hope for a tie and that gives you hope that's that has to be the coach's speech at halftime for young boys saying hey they're gonna pack it in. We're already down. There's absolutely nothing for us to lose. And then at halftime, it, he doubles down on that by putting Veran Ber- on for for Vanderbeek, who's having a yeah. He's having an okay game, you know. And we saw in the group chat, you know, he's playing possession. He wasn't taking risks. He he had the best per- yeah. passing percentage on the team, but he was playing very safe, which kind of what you need in that situation. Most and I definitely. by yeah, the way.
2: Yeah, by the way, and I I want to interject this cuz you make a great point. You got to take a page after Sir Alex Ferguson's playbook. What what happens when, when somebody take uh put takes off an attacking player and brings on a defensive player. You take off a defensive player and put an attacking player on. You're going to go at people now. Because mm-hmm. Sir Alex Ferguson said that all the time. Boy, if you're going to put sit more people back, I'm going to attack with more people. And it's just that easy.
1: Well, you know? the thing the thing that's most aggravating is I mean, listen. You're not going to win Champions League in the first group stage match, and you're also not going to lose it. So why the hell not have a go at these guys? That's what
2: I don't understand. and you know, and
0: I I don't know how much scoreboard watching. There's a draw on the other side, so he is the team that we need to win the group against. They drew, we got nothing. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, right. and it, it, you know, if you go at it, we probably do end this game with the point. But if you don't, you know, we walked away with nothing. And and, and then the double substitution for Ronaldo and, and Bruno, who are our two best players, you bring on Madden and Lingard. I mean, that, that's pretty much waving the white flag.
2: Yeah, and, I hear you.
0: You know, especially when it's already it's, – it's, it's a draw. You know, they, they score, and then five minutes later, you pull off your two best players.
1: Yeah, there, there's it, no
0: doubt. The other worrying thing
1: is, even before the red card, and this kind of has to do with a little bit of Saturday too, they came at us. They didn't just have half chances. They had good
2: chances Why why better teams are just going to finish. De Gea are, has are legit, a legit save. De Gea has to make a huge save just to keep it nil-nil. It's amazing
1: that you could think of it, okay, Premier League, fine. Those are a different caliber of player. But going to young boys, they string three or four passes together, and they're on to us. And you're they're one V one. They're you know two V one.
0: And if you're them, why don't you go all out? You're, you're not 100%. expected to do anything in the group, you're at home, you know, why not entertain your fans?
2: Absolutely. By the way, the manager there is uh you know, the uh American citizen, uh German born, uh David Wagner, who was at Huntersfield Town when they were in the Prem. So, hmm. he's a solid manager, so let's, you know, let, let's not take that away. Guys, I want to wrap up the segment for one. I got this horrible taste in my mouth and, <laughs> and I just got kind of to spit it out, right? <laughs> Thank and so, you. yeah, you know, so I so I'm kind of done with this, but I do want to say just a couple things here and and I want your comment now I, I what only about 15 30 seconds. All right, here we go. Uh, based on what you saw today, Ryan started with you. Does Vander Beek need to play more?
1: He does need to play more, but he needs to take his chances more. Jesse Lingard came in Saturday. Look what he did. Let's forget about today just for a second. He's got to go in and make the most of his chances.
2: PK Fred, Fred getting a lot of stick, but sure seemed pretty composed, uh, especially when uh, you know when, when we reduced to ten men. Uh, I uh, man of the match.
0: I I, I I call it the Jay Bowmeister effect. And, <laughs> and I mean, if, if there's any hockey fans out there, everyone just dogged on J Bo before, you know, his tragic heart cardiac event. And he was the guy that was out there 25, 26 minutes a game. He was always against their best players. He was always in the position to be the one that got scored on and nine times out of 10, he stopped them from scoring, but he was out there on the 10th time that they did. Um, I think Fred's very similar. There's, there's been a couple of times where they've sent long balls and you know he's donkey touch things. I'm like ah, oh, that just ruins my whole Jay bowmeister thing. But he he's in that role in front of the back four where he is exposed. He is by himself, and nine times out of ten he's going to handle that situation. But on the tenth time is going to be the time he gets dogged. I mean you you don't not uh, there's only one Conte, yeah, and Chelsea yeah. has him, and and, right. and, yep. every team, yep. and every team and every Chelsea has him. You know.
2: Congratulations, guys. I still hate you. But okay, uh, let la- uh, here we anyways, go. Last, last point here. All right. And I'm going to have both of you comment. And that was a really long elevator, PK. I'm just saying. But uh, uh, yeah. okay. okay you so you haven't but, been to my new office building. I know. Okay. Both of you guys answer this question. Cristiano Ronaldo comes off a phenomenal game on Saturday. All right. Two goals, plays all night, you know, 90 plus minutes. And then we play him on, on AstroTurf in Switzerland. All right, is that the proper man management? Even though he has a, a beautiful goal, uh, Ryan should he apply? Yes, Ole wanted a
1: quick start in Champions League, so absolutely yes. PK, if Cavani's
0: healthy, I don't think he does. Okay, fair enough. And, 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 and did Greenwood even dress today?
2: I don't think he did. Uh, yes, he did. Oh, he was on the squad. He was on the traveling squad, but I, I don't. But he didn't play though. Okay. So, yeah. Well,
0: yeah. Uh, I, I was honestly surprised
2: he he played today. Okay. On turn. Anyway. Moving it's on. Out of my Moving mouth. On. On. Now I'm done. All right. Woo. Newcastle. Yeah, the American League team. All right, man. I know. Uh this is really cool. The match drew 8.6 million viewers, the most watched Premier League match in English television history. PK you are at the damn man. I couldn't make it on Saturday talk to everybody about the experience at the Amsterdam Tavern for people who haven't been there before, uh, being a United supporter. It's just a special place. Talk, talk to us about, uh, uh, what happened on Saturday watching that match.
0: The phrase hated, ignored, never ignored. Just, just it, it that was it. It was packed. We had a great crowd. Um, it was funny because we started kind of trying to do the Viva Ronaldo chant, mm-hmm. and it wasn't working. You know, there's a couple guys over there trying to do it, and then we try to catch on, and the timing wasn't right. But, man, as yeah. soon as he got that first goal, everyone was on cue, doing it right on time. It was awesome. Uh, uh. Um, it, it was just electric. It was the same thing. You know, I, Ronaldo was in with Real Madrid years ago at the, at, the, at the Dome, and every time he got the ball, the Dome was silent. Amsterdam mm-hmm. was the exact same way one because we're the only supporters group there that does chance and everyone else was silent because you know there's you know that's what they do but Ooh. uh it, it, it was absolutely electric and, and you know it, you could just see the look on everybody else at the bar like god Ronaldo scored oh he scored again oh now they're up three to one. Oh, now they're up four to one and you could kind of see the other supporters people like Oh no. <laughs> like yeah. they may, they might be back. And then Arsenal was happy they scored. Uh, fun fact, Arsenal has as many goals as Fred this year and Ronaldo's outscoring them two to one. So uh, <laughs> but I mean it was it was absolutely electric. It was in a complete blast of a day of a, of a morning. Um I had a golf tournament uh, in the afternoon, so I had to scoot after right after the game. But man, uh it, it was
2: it was a very, very different vibe. So, guys, the reason why I bring that up is for you guys that are listening out there and you haven't been to the Amsterdam Tavern when there's a big match or even when we have a good group, uh, the Manchester United St. Louis Red Army Supporter Group is the best. Uh, man, it's just so fun to be there. Oh, and uh, Sean was on
0: one. Sean Tracy was on one, by the way.
2: He oh, had a, man, He, he had his
0: hair spiked up. He, he, was, he was feeling good and leading chance. And, uh, and Sean's our friend from Manchester who knows every chant ever sung at Old Trafford um, after 1972 I believe and yeah, uh, yeah. he he was completely
2: on one leading chance and uh, it, 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 it felt damn good oh and most definitely uh, Ryan you know the reason one of the reasons why we brought in Ronaldo for a, a million reasons but so many teams like to set up in that low block that I, I it looks like a, a five4 one is what it looks like you know that everybody's just packed in there but, boy, Ronaldo sure changes the the, uh, the perception of that uh, when when, uh, when he's on the pitch, doesn't he?
1: Oh, well, yeah. Um, I, I was just kind of thinking, you know, here we go again. Um, when I had got home and I was watching on a huge delay, I had to coach the girls that morning. Mm-hmm. So I did have it taped and turned my phone off for sure just to enjoy the experience. But, anyway, everybody knew they were going to go into a low block and. Newcastle was extremely well-organized. I mean, I was impressed. I haven't watched him play all year, but my God, are they disciplined. And it took, you know, almost till half really to to get a goal. But yes, Ron's the man who, and we've seen now with his three goals, well, first goal, obviously, was just Johnny on the spot, but who else knows to go and do that? He does. Mm -hmm. And the other two goals were he's going to make those runs and he's going to finish these nine times out of
2: ten that's what the other team has to watch out for pk when you look at the four goals uh uh, the first goal was was a straight poachers goal uh the second goal uh one of the most beautiful touches first touches uh uh, off a pass by luke shaw uh the third goal of course uh, Bruno fernandez wow man what what uh uh what pace that ball had on it. And the fourth goal, uh, Martial with a great dummy to, to Lindbergh, all four beautiful, beautiful goals. Uh, which of those were, was your favorite?
0: Um, I, I liked Lingard's and I want to comment on Ronaldo's first one, because he was the only one smart enough to follow up the goalie. Right. Um, I, I texted one of my buddies during the game and he's, he's like, Oh, an infant could have put that away. I go, yeah, but Ronaldo's the only one standing there. You, you watch that back line in Newcastle. No one followed that ball up. Um, yep. The second goal, that first touch, was immaculate. full speed, going down the field. The pass is a little bit behind him, and, and in stride, puts it into his next touch. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Bruno, bomb. That's what he does from there. And, and you, you, their defenders have to make a decision. Do I cover Ronaldo or do I cover Bruno? Mm-hmm. Um, on, the, uh, on the post-match breakdown, they were talking about how Ronaldo and Bruno were playing too close together. And mm-hmm. I think that that makes a defender make a decision. Which one do I mark? And there, there's multiple plays where there were Bruno and Ronaldo were 15 yards apart from each other where the defender goes, do I stay back on Ronaldo and give Bruno that shot? Or do I move up on Bruno and let Ronaldo behind me? That's not a bad decision for Manchester United to make their player make. Um, but the fourth goal was my favorite because it, 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 that, that's how you beat low blocks. That little Tiki taka one one-and-two-touch, dummy, flick, that's how our treble team played. Dwight York, and I've been saying this the past couple weeks, is you're seeing more and more of that go into our game on top of the box of the, the one-and-two-touch, dummy, flick, layoff, find the third run that their treble team, Dwight York and Andy Cole, were damn good at that won us a treble. And you're seeing that. And that that whole Donnie to Pogba, the dummy, and then the mm-hmm. defense didn't know where to go. And, and, you know, Jesse was the hero that day uh, puts it away. And th- those are the type of plays that are going to get us those tough, tough, you know, three points instead of one. And uh, so the Both fourth goal is my favorite. Yeah. I, I
2: broke down all four too much. I apologize. But yeah, the fourth was my favorite, but you know, uh, Ryan uh, Pogba, even though I, you know, the young boys' game to me is such an anomaly because of the red card, and we need to learn how to how to play with only ten men and still be attacking. But Pogba with two more assists—I know Oli said said assists don't mean anything—but Paul Pogba, uh, if he's looking for a new United contract, he just keeps showing it game after game after game.
1: Yeah, I mean assists mean a hell of a lot. He has seven. He's on pace mm-hmm. to break the record of, I think, twenty is the record in the Premier League, which he very well could. But well, he's I already think beat him. his last two seasons combined. Yeah, too. which is yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, let's you know, barring today, I think they're finally getting him a team that he could win at, mm-hmm. and that's that's the big thing, guys. I mean, we've brought in all these guys in the past three, four seasons. I'm coming here to win. I'm coming here to win. Well, we haven't won shit. Um, yeah, he's. Ronaldo is back. That feel-good factor is back. He's going to make that whole squad better. And Paul was, you have to tip the hat with his transfer window. That's for sure. So, yeah, a lot of rumors now that he wants
2: to stay, but we'll see. We're going to read a lot of things. are going to go both ways. Boy, I think so, too. P.K., one of the things that I'm concerned about, though, even in the Newcastle match, was how Newcastle, boy, when they got shot out of a cannon, they looked tough. And we looked vulnerable. And uh, their their one goal was just a beautiful, I mean a textbook example on how you get after somebody on the counterattack.
0: It is, and and leads scored the same way. Um, it, it's the league we're in right now is it's deeper. So you do have those effective players that can hit that one off bomb and, and and have that spark creativity. Um, you know, it, as much as I was praising Fred earlier. He's a sufficient defensive midfielder, but he's he's not covering the space he needs to. And that guy needs to slow their first attack down, so our so everyone can catch back up and our defense can get their shape. But that's the league we're in right now. It was crazy. We we were talking at halftime at the dam, and Ronaldo's goal was the only goal in the first half of all the nine o'clock games.
2: Oh, that's right. It was. It was. Which was yeah.
0: weird because, you know, opening weekend, we're all, you know, barn burners. But uh, um, that's the league we're in right now is, you know, teams are building their squad around, you know, we'll try to nick a point against the top six with, you know, a block and go. So mm-hmm. I think it's something that we're going to have to adjust to and and learn how to play with. And, you know, we, we still need a defensive midfielder. Now that we've got the back line and, and top line sorted out, we need a defensive midfielder to, to free a lot of things up. And my right. God,
1: that's
2: St. That's Maximin. He is unbelievable. Ooh, I'd love unbelievable. to see him in red. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that guy's a baller. Pe- uh, Ryan, uh, J- Jaden Sancho, we were for two seasons, we've been waiting for him to come. Uh, man, he's still sure se- feeling his way around the pitch. I'm not saying he played bad, but he's certainly not playing the way we thought he was going to play when we signed him for all that money. Uh, Is he just still trying to find his place right now? He is, and
1: I've been extremely harsh on the guy, and especially Saturday, I think Lingard looked better two minutes on the pitch than Sancho had all the time out there. He's just a little too tentative for me. And then again, he's he's trying too much, trying to keep Mm -hmm. it basic when he needs to, but going for, like I said, too much again. Um, Even in today's match, he did – not really provide too much for me although there have been you know a couple moments of brilliance and his feet are lightning quick but he's going to take a little bit of time but for right now especially i was thinking saturday's game when you need to go with the hot hand and Mm -hmm. it's it's not going to be a popular opinion right now but that hot hand after saturday was was jesse lingard the guy immediately
2: made an impact when he came on the pitch uh PK, to wrap up the segment here, I want to talk about the teenager, Mason Greenwood. Um, that goal, uh, uh, Ronaldo's first goal as a result of Mason Greenwood putting the ball on goal, which is what he consistently does. That ball had some, a lot of pace on it. It nicked the defender, which caused uh, the, the keeper to spill it. But I just think by having Greenwood on the pitch, with now with Pogba, with Bruno, with Ronaldo, Man, there's got to open up some areas for him to really break out, don't you think?
0: Well, and that's just you know, I, I, hockey. I, I follow hockey greatly, and that's you make no mistakes by putting the puck on goal, mm-hmm. and, and that's one of those shots where it's like you know, screw it, I, I, I'm, I'm tw- I could either pass it back to my midfielder or hit a shot on goal in the in the forty mm-hmm. sixth of forty seventh minutes, and and he's that type of player, I and mean, he's got he's got that ability to just whack it on goal it might, it might not be the hardest shot might not be you know lower or upper 90 but he has an ability just to make the goalie make a save which is uh not it's between, the, enough... sticks. It's between exactly. the sticks it's exactly that's you the whole get thing get it get it on goal and that that's mm. that's how we got that goal and Ronaldo was smart enough to you know there's not too many forwards out there that will put that energy to take three steps in the the 47th minute on a shot from 20 yards out that the goalie should handle. And, and yeah. all the defenders were already moving up because they thought the goalie was going to handle it. And Ronaldo's the only one that, that pokes it in. And I really hope that that Greenwood is taking notes on everything that Ronaldo is doing because if he wants to be the net, if, if if he learns a quarter of what Ronaldo knows oh, and wow. just his movement at 19, oh my
2: God, what a great player he's going to be. But yeah,
0: he, he's the guy who's giving the ball and he, he finds a way to put it on frame.
2: I think so too. So, guys, we can talk about this for days and days. That Newcastle game had had uh, had us all buzzing, and what a massive letdown uh, after that. But. Uh-oh. All right, guys, and we're back now with the West Ham segment. Uh, and as you guys can tell, we're forever blowing bubbles with Brawley Darbin. Brawley, how you doing this evening?
3: I'm doing very well. How are you guys doing?
2: Uh, yeah, I can tell you guys uh, are doing good, man. Top of the table, baby. You guys, well, you guys we are were, good. yeah, just for a <laughs> moment there. But uh, but hey, I tell you what, uh, David Moyes has found the the elixir of youth there at Olympic Stadium with you, Hammers. What do you think?
3: Yeah, and you know. I- I think if you ask any West Ham fan about what they thought when he was reappointed, uh, the, the overwhelming majority would be a negative comment. However, he is now making us look pretty silly. I mean, last season finishing sixth, no one expected that we were two points off of a champions league place. So uh, that's pretty remarkable in itself with, especially with the, the, the razor thin squad that we had last season. And then, Going into this year, we've had a good start. We're unbeaten four games. Our first European game tomorrow, or sorry, Thursday. I mean, it, it's it's happy happy days to be a West Ham fan right now. And David Moyes is a, a a huge huge part of of why we are so successful at the
2: moment. Brawley, if you can think of uh, one thing that really stands out that David Moyes is doing a good job with West Ham, what do you think it would be?
3: I I think the recruitment has been spot on. He is known for dithering over whether he wants this or that player. He's known for treating as if the money, at least in our case, I can't speak for when he was at United, but with with us, he acts as if the money is is his own money and and like he's spending his own money. So the signings that we've made under David Moyes, so i.e. Thomas Suchek, Vladimir Sofal, jared bowen um just to name a few side ben rama i mean they've all been home runs craig dawson even Uh, they've all been home runs so he he's he's taking his time and he's building a squad of guys that want to be here i think under the previous regime um i.e slavin Bilic and uh manuel pellegrini we had too many divas (laughs) and, and too many teams or sorry excuse me too many players that just were were there for a paycheck and they're there for themselves. And David Moyes has done I, – I think the, the biggest thing he's done is he's brought in guys that want to be here, and he's built a great team chemistry. And I think you can see it out there. Every player that puts on a West Ham shirt wants and, and will die for the shirt, it seems. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's his biggest strength with us at the moment.
2: PK, doesn't that sound – doesn't that echo – what happened when Ole came in. It, it almost sounded like he was talking about Manchester United just uh, with the different shirts on. You know it. I, it, I, I was going to make that comment. It, it, this all sounds very familiar with what's going on with Ole. It just sounds
0: like, you know, United have a bigger pocketbook. And I was going to ask Brawley, you know, what's the difference? I mean, I don't know how much you follow United, you know, in that – 10 months that David Moyes was in charge with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is his second go around with you guys. Yep. Uh, what, what differences do you see between him now and him with United?
3: Uh, so as for his time at United, I, you know, I, I can't speak to that because I don't think I, I am knowledgeable enough. I don't think I followed him enough. Um, It, it did seem like he wasn't gi- I mean, I, in my opinion, whoever took that job, it was a poison chalice. I mean, Honestly, God, I think, uh, I think Pep Guardiola could have came, came in when Ferguson left and wouldn't have succeeded. I think if Mourinho came in at that time, he wouldn't have succeeded. So I, I, I truly believe that that job was um, no one was ever going to live up to Sir Alex, and I think you guys would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't speak for what his like tactics were like at the time because you know I, I, I don't watch a lot of United games unless West Ham are playing. Uh, apart from today, I actually did get to watch them. Uh, but I would say the difference I can say from the, 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 Ooh, how do I put this? I, I think the first biggest difference, time to the second time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest difference probably is, one, obviously you already mentioned it is the, the budget to spend. Um, you guys obviously have far more money to spend than, than we do. Um, I think that in, in this instance, the similarity uh, between, between, when he was at United and now I think he's found his Fellaini and Thomas Suchek you know every everyone every window love love of my life <laughs> Fellaini.
2: Don't, say Fellaini you, you. Oh, man. don't even get me started on Fellaini man every <laughs> oh, window
3: every window <laughs> we're linked with him I think he's still in China
2: I think I think he is, too, he is. every window links us to him so I know I know I do I do I do but yeah.
3: he, he has found his Fellaini and Thomas Suchek and and you you can see the similarities, the goal scoring uh, prowess from a central defensive midfield position. Uh, I think that's a similarity. But a, as for the differences, I, I really uh, I don't think I could give an accurate answer on that just because okay. I haven't watched United right. enough
2: when when Moyes was there. Uh, I, uh, I wanted you to comment on this. Uh, one of the things that I love about the Premier League that I don't like now. Is you see all of these iconic stadiums uh, being being pushed aside for these luxury super stadiums now? And Ryan, I always hated going seeing Manchester United go to the bowling ground when the when West Ham were playing there because it was always a tough game, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it absolutely was, and
1: definitely missed all the all the old grounds, but especially playing there. I mean, seems like the fans were on top. Obviously, Wes Ham is some of the most passionate supporters in the world. Got crazy loud and always a tough game for our lads.
2: Yes, most definitely, you know. And so, uh, Brawley, so we're going to play you twice in a row, bang, bang, back to back, Uh, which is kind of a a real quirky thing in the schedule. So uh, a couple of things I want to talk to you about uh, about the match, and then we'll let you go first. uh, Antonio out with a red card. That's really a bad break, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was his own fault. It was stupid. Uh, the his, <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys saw. No comment. Both <laughs> ye- yeah, I'm not sure <laughs> if if you if you saw both yellows. But um, the the first yellow he got, he was uh, looked like it was something straight out of WWE. It was just uh, he a trademark uh, takedown in the WWE over his shoulder, which uh, I guess luckily he didn't get a straight red because that would have been three games. I think that would have been harsh. But you could tell the Southampton um, tactics were to man Mark Antonio out of the game and get under his skin. And it worked. And then in the, in the 95th minute, there wasn't even 10 more seconds to play in the game. He comes diving in with his foot raised. He didn't make any contact with him, but he gave the referee decision to make and he made it and he got sent off. So that's unlucky. Um, the, the, the positive to that is we play our first European game Thursday uh, at Dynamo Zagreb and, and, I think he's going to play in that game since he's suspended for the United League game. So um, we're probably going to rotate the squad quite a bit for the European game. So Antonio is going to play. So that's probably a positive on one side, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. him being out for United obviously is a huge plus for you guys because most definitely he's a handful. He, I mean, he was the Premier league player of the month. He he, he beat Mason Greenwood to that. So Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that's a huge plus for United and, also, you guys have two extra days of rest compared to us. We're Us playing on Thursday, you playing on Tuesday. That doesn't do us any favors at all. I, uh, here
2: we go, PK. Everybody talking about midweek fixtures now. I feel like I'm hearing Jose Marino <laughs> talking here. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Brawley. Hey, we don't ever have this problem. It's, it's actually a nice <laughs> problem to have. Welcome
0: to the club, sir.
2: I know, no doubt. Uh, I tell you, Brawley, one of the things that I really love about West Ham is – you guys might have the best holding midfield combination in the premier league yeah. and Declan rice and Thomas Susek. Yeah. Uh, people were talking Ooh, about signing Declan, Declan rice. rice. Yeah, uh, uh, But well, I tell you, I would say if you let me pick, I would rather have Suchek over Declan rice on mm. Manchester United. I really do. I think Suchek is such a force in the middle. Uh, he sure makes your team go both those guys. Don't they?
3: Yeah. I, I think you're spot on. Uh, there are a few holding midfield duos that I would take over Rice and Suchek and the whole league. I don't know if I would take one over them, honestly, because um, Declan Rice is as good as advertised, and, and people you, – you hear the overrated, the um, – he just makes sideways and backwards passes, and, and, and he's boring, doesn't do anything. I – It's just people who don't know the game, honest to God. And I know I'm biased as a West Ham fan and and an England supporter. Uh, But in the World Cup final, Declan Rice was England's best player. And when you you know when you show up for a final and you're the best player on the pitch, you got something about you. I I truly believe that. I think um, to West Ham – now, I'm not saying to another club he might not be worth 100 million, 110 million pounds, but to West Ham – he, I, his his value is priceless because we can't replace him. You can't replace a player like that. Even if we got 100 million pounds, you could see like Tottenham did with Gareth Bale. They spent that money uh, in all sorts of stupid ways. I think the only bonus they got out of that was Erickson. Um, but I think – I don't think we can buy a player to replace Declan Rice. And you're right. Suchek is, is – Almost as good of a player. I, I, I personally, if I had to choose, I would definitely keep Rice over Suchek. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Suchek, uh, you can find players that are similar to him, but Rice is just out of this world, and I can't speak highly enough of him. I love the guy to, to death, and I hope we can keep him for as long as we can uh, because I, I think that clock's ticking.
2: Most definitely. And, so, and to wrap up uh, this segment of West Ham's Brawley, uh, thanks a lot for being on, on the pod. But yeah. I, I, w- I would be remiss – if I didn't talk about Mark Noble, I think Mark Noble's eligible for his pension. That's how many years he's <laughs> played for West Ham United. But he is just like the face of the franchise, isn't
3: he? Oh, 100%. And I, now that Messi's gone to PSG, he's actually the longest active uh, tenured player in the world for one club. I mean, he's the uh, got the that's, longest track record for... That's a good uh, stat, probably. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, Messi, Messi was the only one that had it longer, and, uh... and now Mr... Mr. Nob's right at the top of that list. I don't know who's in third place because Noble's retiring at the end of this year, and I don't know who will mm-hmm. take over. Uh, but absolutely, he's Mr. West Ham. He's He bleeds claret and blue. Uh, he, he's been at the club since I think he was 12 years old. I think that is is pretty ridiculous. So uh, a guy who who born in Canning Town right down the street from Upton Park in the bowling ground. Um, mm-hmm. I, what more can you say about the guy? I'm so happy we're in Europe this year. Uh, for him to to get some European action under his belt. I'm so happy that he's going out with fans in the stadium because it would have been a crime if if he had to retire without the fans getting to say a proper goodbye. So everything you said is true. I, I say retire the number at the end of this year. i um that's controversial for uh, for soccer for some reason, retiring numbers. name a bar after him. Yeah, that would well, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I even say we have one unnamed stand in the ground at at, at the uh, London Stadium. I, I would name it the Mark Noble Stand. I mean, that's how highly I think of the guy. Oh, so, wow. they have
0: a bar oh. behind that stand. Yeah, well, there's yeah.
3: not so so it's weird, and I don't. I know this isn't where you were going with this, but the location in London Stadium is built on like an island that is like exclusively the Olympic. It's weird, but there's nothing really on the island apart. Well, from it was like, like a it was, it was gig, yeah, you know, it was,
0: it, it, yeah, it was. You're right. When Rent mentioned like the, the change of the old grounds to the new ones, like this one, like and it took you guys a year or two to settle into it. Oh, it's but, weird.
3: Uh, it took us longer than that. Yeah, it's, um, it's weird.
0: But I was making reference to the bride my bride bar at Craven Cottage because. Oh yeah, yep. Let's, let's do that. I'm always it's celebrating at the bar.
3: I'm I'm all on board for that. So. Well, know,
2: I've heard absolutely. that. Uh, I've heard that Mark Doble is going to be our f- uh, first signing here at STLSC. I'm oh, to that, you know, I, that.
3: I would be. I don't know how graphic it can be on this podcast, but let's just say I would be very excited if that. <laughs> 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 All
2: right, Chim Chimaree, Chim Chimaree, Chim Chimaroo. <laughs> We hate all you bastards in and Clareton Blue, but we don't. We sure like this guy right here. I'll tell you what, Brawley, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. And by the way, you guys have a West Ham podcast. Go ahead and tell us about that before you leave the show.
3: Yeah, uh, we are the West Ham Way USA podcast. I co-host a podcast with uh, my good friend Tony Clark from uh, Philadelphia. We're just two American guys, very similar to yourselves, just two guys who, who – love West Ham. And when we talk West Ham, we, we get don't love oca- West Ham, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll we do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we, we get the occasional, uh, cool guest on and, um, it's definitely a fun show to check out. So if you ever are looking for a, a West Ham show to listen to, I would definitely suggest ours. And one other thing before I go, I got to say, is uh how much do you guys wish that we would have taken jesse lingard off your hands in- nah, the uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, on saturday Hey-o! today yeah he scored a great goal he, he did a
0: goal.
1: no he's i a I, goal I, would, I just, just wish assist. he was with us
0: I yeah. really he's had do. a goal and an assist in his last two games i mean who can complain yeah, I'm shocked, you guys. <laughs>
3: 100 totally.
0: shocked you guys didn't get that deal done I, uh,
3: it, well, it, it wasn't down to us i don't think it was down to jesse i think jesse this is hometown club obviously yeah and you get ronaldo we we were thinking we were looking our chops when you guys signed ronaldo because it was like okay well this surely means there's no spot for jesse lingard and i think he (laughs) saw that as an opportunity to get to play with the guy and obviously he got subbed on for him today yeah we know i i hope i really did him well yeah no well we did we really did i I couldn't believe it when we signed him but the one thing i want to say is I, i hope I saw a lot of disgusting comments towards him from yeah. so-called oh, so-called yeah. fans. Yeah. And I just, uh, I feel terrible for the guy. He has he's had some mental health problems in the past and I just wish all the best for Jesse Lingard. And I would love for him to come back in January that I'll leave on that note.
2: All right. Hey, Brawley Darby, everybody uh, from West Ham. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Appreciate it. Cheers. Take care, man.
3: Hey, thanks guys. So,
2: we're going to move on to our last segment boys. And that's Ted Lasso. <clears throat> uh I don't know if you guys uh, – and, and I, I know here on the, the podcast, we're massive Ted Lasso fans. If you haven't watched an episode, I'm telling you, you got to jump in. I think this was one maybe my favorite episode ever, one of my top, the top three anyway. So uh, – and I'm going to start it off with this. So, uh, so we have uh, – Roy Kent gets called into the teacher's uh, room for a conference. Well, Coach Kent, we've got a bit of an issue with Phoebe's behavior. Uh, she's been swearing a lot. Roy says, "How bad is it? How bad is it?" Today, she called one of her classmates an apathetic shit fucker. The teacher response: Ah, that's certainly a reason for a timeout. Do you have any idea where she might be getting this from? I think the
1: I think the best thing is like when she dismisses when she dismisses Roy and Phoebe, and I, I forgot what she was looking at, but she's like, "Oh, little fuckers. So like, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. who who you really getting it from? Who are you
0: really getting it from? <laughs> well, and no, and my favorite is after she said that Roy
2: just puts his head back and ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's great. laughs> Can I get an ice cream, Michael Roy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. 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 So, but anyway, so that is that is just uh I don't even want to talk about the 5-0 city defeat because, you know, I mean, uh, uh, that that was crap. But PK You've been in a lot of, um, you've been in like we all have, but the haircut segment's hilarious because I've seen those dudes that are the locker room barbers and they act that way. They act like they are the greatest barbers in the world, and everybody. Ooh ah, And I just thought that was a phenomenal scene. It's a to do, and it's funny. It,
0: it just the way the team's built, and I love how they go. He gives one out to each player. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right that's what made me laugh yeah it's it's, it's funny you'll find like you know back in the days you know glory days um you know you knew, knew these guys that were just on the team that were like someone was really good at sewing so like if you snapped a button or like tore a seam oh you know whoever was a great knew how to sew like and that's the community of a team that you work on you know it's just funny that you know they have a guy that cuts hair and it, the whole team comes in and is like, you know, maybe he, and Sam might be the first one all season. Apparently he gives everyone, you
2: know, one haircut
0: a year and Sam, well, I guess was the it. first one, he saved yeah.
2: it. And so, and Ryan, so Sam and Rebecca, we all wanted it to happen.
0: Was it cheers? Uh,
2: uh, what's that?
0: Was it, are we talking about Cheers.
2: That's Sam. That's (laughs) right, man. That's a
0: much much better couple,
1: uh, in my opinion. uh, uh, That's right.
2: That's right. Oh, Ryan, man, I I was euphoric. I was like, "This is so cool." The storyline was great, but you know, this is a train wreck waiting to happen. No,
1: and I didn't want it to happen. I didn't want it to be true. You know, when they were using that whatever app, and then we found out who was really messaging each other. Just because Sam's just a, we know this is fiction, all that, but. He's just a great-hearted guy. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
1: Rebecca is, but we all know that that gal is capable
2: of breaking a heart. So you know that's coming at the end. Oh, you, oh, oh! I didn't see that storyline. I just think it's going to be bad because, uh, oh, who's the guy from the Independent? What's his name? Uh, uh, Trent. Trent. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I can't stand him. Trent, yeah, yeah. Trick Graham or whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, from the Independent. So you know he's going to break that story. And it's going to get oh, ugly. And the bad guy, the ex-husband, is going to be all over that. You well, know and,
0: and 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 right before all of this, the the dad says that that oil company that her ex-husband's friends with the owner of pulled uh-huh. out of that Nigeria altogether. So there's a whole, you know, did that happen just because you guys are dating, Par? You know, there's, right, there, right, there's right. so many ways they could go. And, you know, I've been wrong a couple times on the show, so. We'll find out. Probably doesn't probably doesn't end up good for either of them. We'll just
1: put oh, it that yeah. way.
2: That's right. safe to Trin say. Trent Krim, by the way, guys. Trent Krim. Trent Krim. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you, uh, Google. Yeah, I know, right? So uh, <laughs> I know, right? I, I, I look it up. So, uh, uh, Ryan, doesn't everybody need an Uncle Roy? Uh, a Roy Kent? Roy and his niece, Phoebe. Jamie Tarts embrace. I mean, after Jamie goes, man, that's what an emotional thing he has to do with his dad. I mean, everybody needs an Uncle Roy Kent, don't they?
0: Yeah, I
1: mean, this episode was, man, it just it was a yo-yo of emotions, that's for sure. And most definitely when Jamie broke down and Uncle Roy went in for the embrace there. But it's even more than an uncle. It's really foreshadowed, I think, all the, the father characteristics that uh, Roy has. And, man, that was an absolute scene. Um, mm-hmm. Jamie really has, obviously, I think this this season, especially last three episodes, Episodes have shown the vulnerabilities of all these characters, and man, Jamie Tarp breaking down
0: like that—boy, I was almost tearing up. You talk about I w- uh, vul- I w- go I'd ahead. I'd like to interrupt real quick. That uh, Sae just tied it with eight minutes ago in the Browns Boot game.
2: Oh yeah, it's going to bring it that have up. Been there, segment, PK. The, should have the been there. there, but yeah. just anyway, yeah. it should have been yeah. there. But um,
0: yeah. and, but yeah. I also like I like on the on the hug. I like to bring up the the character arc because at this point last season, those two were fighting on the pitch.
2: Yes, yep, yes. yep, uh-huh. so, uh-huh. yep, most definitely, and so PK, uh, share. Uh, so we have our, our psychiatrist Sharon, uh, a great opening scene, she's riding a bicycle, has an accident, and then, do you think her and Ted, is there going to be more to it than, than the uh, patient, doctor relationship, or is it going to be kind of a Tony Soprano and his psychiatrist kind of thing where there's some sexual tension going on there? It, it kind of sounded like Ryan wanted to answer that question for a second. Um,
0: <laughs> well, and, and you get a little more glimpse into that character and the Sharon character with what mm-hmm. she's dealing with. Cause she, she's clearly not happy either. Right. Um, and, and her friend who's, you know, you, you gotta be the first one to be vulnerable. And that, that, the bike accident was the opportunity for them to, to, you know, both say, Hey, you know, we're both not well, let's, you know, let's solve this. I think they, they both admire each other, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think it's, it, it's something where you, you, they can both look at each other. Hey, we're both that well. And we both respect each other. Let's get through this. And I think that's what he needed. And and I love the, the, the evolution of, of him trying to seek therapy. Cause the first time in there, he's looking for props. He's looking for ways to not deal with what he's talking about. And then the second time he goes in, he's angry you know, and it, it's just—it's funny watching him tick away, and then you know, seeing her vulnerable, and then the Jamie Tart situation, and you know, he's—he's he's like, well, her her walls are already down, and I've seen a bit of her. I I can open up and not be any worse, kind of situation. So, um, it, just the way it's written, God, it, it's such a well-written show.
2: Uh, speaking of which, uh, Ryan, it looks like that the uh, writers. Uh, of the show are getting ready to get a huge raise and there's rumors of it being picked up by a major network. Uh, would you would you like to see that or are you happy that it's on Apple TV? No, no. no. Uh, <laughs> Apple, I
1: mean, for all you subscribers out there, obviously if you can watch Ted Lasso, you have Apple TV. There's a ton of just unbelievably good content on there. Mm-hmm. It's just from, from A to Z. All the originals are incredible so no um for tv shows movie franchises really anything in life um, once it kind of takes that leap it's just it's never as good as the original
2: so no i'd love to let's say there yeah uh, the morning show by the way on apple tv is a phenomenal show if you haven't watched that and then season two is coming out pretty soon wrapping this up pk coach beard he leaves us by giving us the bird I I think he's on the ropes a little bit. It looks like that to me. So I had a dark theory that I texted you guys about, which I
0: found is I don't think it's going to be true. So in all the Ted Lasso groups that were, which these guys, people watch this show like a hawk. um, Mm -hmm. And I do know that they filmed the 10 episodes for the season and then Apple asked them for two more. Mm -hmm. And one was the Christmas episode because it didn't really involve the plot, but they could get everyone involved. And from what I hear, this next episode is – and I could be completely wrong, but this is what I'm reading is it's his entire trip back home, ah. which, would, which would make sense being an off off episode that doesn't really involve the plot of the season that you can kind of throw in there of him walking home. So, mm, so okay. I, I and, and my favorite line that goes a little under breath was when he confessed about being on shrooms at a game. <laughs> and, I know, I
1: know, and, that's hilarious. No
2: one noticed.
1: Trank, drank the wrong tea. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> no, no, no,
2: because, because, uh, uh, uh Roy Kitt did. He goes, It was that game one that he's like, Yeah, it was. He's like, Yeah, I figured. <laughs> no one really noticed. <laughs> so, all right, guys, those are the sounds of the Stone, Manchester's own Stone, Stone Rose letting us know that we're at the end of the show. I'm your host, Red Oldham, along with the rest of the crew, Ryan out, and PK, Patrick Kelly. We'll be back next week for another episode of the St. Louis Red Army Podcast. We'll break down West Ham, duh, since we have two shows, and all uh, two, two, uh, two games, and all things Manchester United. Thanks for joining us, and remember... Glory, glory. Man, you We all know from the plans that has Why do English people call it football if they play it with a soccer ball? <laughs> I love this game!